welcome to the Center of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. We're all still alive. We're still here. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Coronavirus hasn't got us yet. It has not. It is here in Middle Tennessee right around us. We're drinking some Corona brewskis, um, but we're still alive. We are doing all right. Uh, we haven't seen or heard from you guys in a while. You haven't heard from us. It's too bad, um, but we are back. And so that means we have plenty, plenty, plenty of Browns news to talk to you guys about today. Um, anything you want to tell our fans? All sorts of, like, the yeah. things that have happened in the last, what, two months? I mean, I it's only been a month since we last recorded, but, but... God, it feels like two months. <laughs> no. Oh, Former man. player arrested at the border <laughs> with pounds of cocaine. Oh, significant pounds. Like 170 pounds of cocaine? 157. Okay. 157 Good. pounds. No, Good. yeah, let's absolutely start off with that. What was he doing with that much? Was, like, that was, was that for personal consumption, you think? Most of the time you think, like, that's for resale. But Greg Robinson, like, I think he just got his players He's a checks. big man. He's a big boy. And he was like, I've always wanted this much weed. It's always been a boyhood dream of mine to, to, to sit on a throne of this much marijuana. And I think it might have just been for him. How do you not just... Uh, do you really think you can just drive across the border with like it in a bunch of duffel bags in the back seat like what so how you could really like envision this going like he thought this halfway through his car must know i don't that's giving him too much credit no he paid an uber driver to to not drive uber but like met an uber driver and was like hey i'll pay you a certain amount of money to like drive us to go do this thing why was greg robinson there like can you like, pay someone else to like, do that none, for him? None of this was good. But like, if, if you are Greg Robinson and you are like, have a lot to lose, but you decide you want to get involved in a certain subculture, why, why are you physically why participating he in the transport? I don't, I don't get it. He's the, he's the guy that's financing this whole operation. He yeah. shouldn't, the there mo- shouldn't be the any money, risk on his back. The money guy should never be the guy actually on the ground. Yes, that's... pay anyone to do it for you. Yeah. He's just dumb. Like, he's just Absol- dumb. Absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, it's obvious. There's no doubt. <laughs> Real dumb. Like, who's dumber? Greg Robinson or Quinn and Williams? Did you hear what Quinn and Williams got arrested for today? No. Got arrested for a gun at LaGuardia trying to get on an airplane. Yes. Unregistered? It was registered, registered in, Alabama. in Alabama. Not registered in New York. Mm. So like to him, to yes. him, yeah. Properly oh. registered in Alabama, not properly registered in New York. But I don't think you're even allowed to have a gun in like New that York in New York. I'm pretty sure. How do you but bring like, it in there? Did he drive to New York? It was like, was it just in his bag? And he's like going through security at the airport, thinking. Honestly, it's... you really can't be forgetting where your guns are. That's <laughs> yeah. just. I think that happens more often than people realize. I, I still am not sympathetic to it. But what does this TSA agent do when he sees that? In the thing? he's like, just shit. Is this training again? <laughs> like, 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 it's like, wow. Yeah. Like, like you're at a restaurant. <laughs> am I being shopped right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I think you're just pissed because you're like, the likelihood, I'm sure they see that all the time. Like, the likelihood oh that goodness. it's actually a threat versus somebody who's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah. So Quentin Williams, not not the brightest trying to bring a gun onto an airplane, whether it was an accident or not. Do you think someone convinced Greg Robinson that he was going to make a lot? Or like, you think he just did the math himself on like his iPhone calculator and he was like, oh my gosh, I have this much money. Yeah. If I sell all of this, I could make this much money. He just decided to like act alone and do it himself. You know, if he kind of played the, like the two more, if he played just it. a few more game, a few games next season, he could make just as much money. Like, and it's it, like insane. That that's what I get back to is just the risk. The risk reward of this is not worth it. For I think it was, it's it's been a few weeks since I read this, but it was something like two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth, like of marijuana. Of marijuana. Oh, like, really? Like street level? Yeah. So a good amount of money, but yeah, it wasn't but over a million dollars worth. But oh, wow, nowhere close to what he he makes all the yeah, time. I I it just doesn't feel. I don't know how that. That seems like a lot, though, to me. It seems like a million dollars worth of marijuana. Yeah, but, but even even if it was a million dollars worth of marijuana, like whether it's what he paid for it or what he was could potentially he, sell it for, he made six million dollars less. I thought he made yeah. like eight, potentially nine last year. No, it was like bon- with bonuses and stuff, he could make up to eight. And I think so. Exactly, like the risk reward just isn't there for <laughs> what you could potentially make versus if it goes wrong. Oh, now you're not making any of this. We've like, talked about this. He likes the risk. The yeah. risk excites him. <laughs> like Greg, Greg Robinson had at whatever level in the NFL two more. Two more years in the NFL. Even oh, if at he, least. Even if he signed a one-year deal for whatever, like a prove-it deal, and, and he didn't succeed, he would get another opportunity at like the league minimum. Or something. He had, he had yeah. at least $10 million on the table at, of NFL contracts. For There's sure. no doubt in my mind that he could have made $10 million more playing in the NFL, and that is completely out the window now. And completely if, out the window. Even if it was less. Yeah, he's, his NFL career is finished. Yep. He's he's potentially facing twenty years in prison, and which is like, gosh, like like even if the reward, even if the risk was that your NFL career is finished, like the risk reward is not there, like for it to make sense. Surely, but surely he's dumb. No, he is dumb. (laughs) But I just want to give him a little bit of like not a little bit of credit. (laughs) What what credit does he deserve here, Mark? No, I just want to like make it. There's no there's empathize a little bit. There's no way that he knew that he was going to, they would be 20 years in prison on the flip side of this coin. Like there's yeah, no way because he was, was making that decision, yeah. you know, like he was just like, Oh yeah, whatever. We'll just do it. Um, so, so his career is almost over. Yeah. Whose career is not almost over, but his Browns career might be almost over is Joe Schober. It seems that we're letting Joe Schober go to free agency. He's going to hit free agency. We're not willing to pay him the amount that he is asking for. And we don't think the rest of the league is willing to pay him what he's well, asking for. I don't know that that's true. I, I, don't, I just know the Browns aren't willing to pay it. I don't know that the Browns are thinking that you know, the rest of the NFL is not going to pay it. But don't you I, think the Browns would like Joe Schobert back? Yeah, for the and right Andrew price. Barry has said yeah. that in front of a microphone saying we really like Joe and we're going to continue to have conversations you know, with him, and we would, you know, but it's a two-way street. And yeah. they're clearly letting him go to the market, and I'd say the chance of Joe Schobert being back is about 2%. Like there's very, very little chance that Joe Schobert's going to be back because when a player like that, he's top two at his position is going to hit free agency. 
like there will be suitors and they're going to overpay early on in free agency. And that's just the way that it is. And if the Browns wanted him badly enough, they would pay it now. And they're bypassing that opportunity. And I hate it. in just in the sense that I like Joe Schobert as a person and it creates another hole in our roster that already has a handful of holes. And I just, like our defense right now just looks like crap. Yeah, it's 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 hard to evaluate this because I like Joe, but linebacker in the NFL on on the defensive side is the most replaceable position in the league. It's like, really it's hard the most to replaceable evaluate. defensive position in in on on defense, right? Yeah. Like. Like people aren't willing to pay that until they are. Like you get the Jets who are willing to pay CJ Mosley sixteen million dollars a year, which so, I never would have wanted the Browns to pay. Absolutely not. And so it's hard to it's hard to peg. Um, the I saw somebody write, I, and I'm gonna misappropriate this. Somebody was talking about that. This kind of reminded them of the Mitchell Schwartz situation, where the Browns were willing to offer X. Schwartz wanted Y. Went mm-hmm. to free agency, ended up getting X offers, came back to the Browns, and the Browns had kind of changed their position even lower yep. and, and, and ended up letting him walk. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was the same situation here where the Browns have it pegged properly, but you never, it only takes one team to, to be willing to, oh, to, to sure. meet the valuation and, and good for Joe. Like if if Joe Schobert gets twelve million dollars a year, like to go to go play for whoever, good good for good for Joe and my good guess, for his family. My guess is that he does. That is my guess. With probably the, cap, the, with the, the market is so thin. With how much Quan Alexander and C.J. Mosley got last off season, like he's in that same Quan Alexander realm to me. And Quan Alexander got more than twelve million dollars. He's he's. His production is there. He's less sexy, like because he played in Cleveland, because he came from Wisconsin. Like there, there's just a number of factors that as far make him as, less sexy. As far as a valuation of r- roster position, I am really glad that the Browns are showing some restraint and not overpaying this position. At the same time, it's hard for me to see a good player that we've drafted go. But that's what, when you have talent on your roster, like at a certain point, you need to be able to like make these type of decisions to let a player that isn't at a position of particular value go. I'm, it's a few years away now, but I think I'm going to feel the same way about Nick Chubb in two or three years. Like I'm going to want them to maybe you're going to want them to still be a Cleveland Brown, but not at the but I don't want them to be making $16 million a year or whatever. But don't you value the middle linebacker position more than, I think it's harder to replace. Matthew, you said that a linebacker is the easiest thing to replace. A good middle linebacker, do you think that's the easiest thing to replace? I think outside linebackers, yes. They're a dime a dozen. You can get them the in. League just doesn't, the it's league just doesn't outside, value it. The outside aren't a dime a dozen. I think the middle linebackers, you can get it's, a two-down linebacker to play first and second down. And then you take them off the field and you're playing nickel and you've got two linebackers out there and you're just fine. So I think like a really good weak side linebacker is probably more valuable than the middle linebacker. 
and arguably Joe can be like a good oh, weak side linebacker. Yes. Like he's got the, the he has skill set to do it. There's no doubt. To be fair to him, but I I just think linebacker in general is right now in 2020 the most replaceable position on the on the defense, and it's not even close. And so, if you've got a team who has a front office is looking to rebuild and is in, intelligently approaching this rebuild. This is not the position they're going to spend money on. And so as much as they like Joe, they are, they are not going to re-sign at an above market rate for anybody. So now we have a hole. We clearly, what is the solution for the Browns like at linebacker? I mean, last year we were playing almost exclusively like two linebacker sets, but that is not what Joe Woods has done over time. He's typically played more like three linebacker sets. And so we are losing our best one. Has he, played, if, has he played a three-linebacker set, though? I mean, Joe Woods comes from the Wade Phillips, like, stand-up, like, Von Miller position kind of defense. Is that counting Von Miller as a linebacker, or is that counting Von Miller as a defensive end? Von Miller being the kind of position stand-in. Sure. No, I think that is. I don't know. Is it is it four along the line and then three in the back, or that's my understanding? But I might not be right. Yeah, I might not be right. I I I don't I don't know. Yeah, but that would not track with the modern NFL defenses if he's doing four three and four in the secondary. Um, I mean, let's just think about what what was going on in San Francisco this past year. I mean, they've I know that they were playing. Williams played in the slot. What, what, Quinn and Kawan, Kawan Williams, former Brown. <laughs> Who knows what happened there? But the one that got away, the one of many that got away. He played in the slot a bunch for them. Anyways, but. Christian Kirksey. So what I've said on this podcast multiple times is I would like the Browns to drop Christian Kirksey, take the savings and transfer that over to Joe Schobert. They're clearly not doing that. So now the alternative is the alternative true. Do you keep Christian Kirksey at his almost $10 million? I think it's rate? eight. No, it's nine plus. Is it really? It is nine plus. It escalates, and it'd be a two something million dollar dead cap hit if we drop him. We'd save about seven. It's hefty. That's worth it in the savings, but uh, the keeping him numbers. But we don't have. We literally don't have a linebacker then that you can feel like semi good about if you drop him. Like that's we're in a weird position with linebackers right now. But I don't really care because. You can go find somebody on the free agency market who brings you the Christian Kirksey production at a at a lower price than that ten million dollar. I hope so, but like that scares me. Like thinking about at just the unknown of that is is scary. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what if Taki Taki becomes the. Do you like, think they could the refinance middle linebacker? Do you think they could refinance that deal? or rework that deal where Christian Kirksey coming off a couple years of injury is looking for a little bit of long-term security would, would rather be around for longer than we only has get cut this off season. And he's going to have to go take a prove it deal with somebody. Yeah. 
No, like, I might think as well... he's. If anyone's ripe for a restructure, it's Christian Kirk. And it would be prudent of the Browns to at least approach that. And if he doesn't want to do it, I would guess they probably move on. Like if it's just is, a, if it's just about dollars, then it doesn't make sense that they would keep Christian Kirk at that rate. No, at all. No, in any way. No, he's not worth nine million. But plus he does provide. He does provide. Which he said on the podcast multiple his times. His cap hit is nine point nine five million dollars. Yeah. So nearly $10 million. He provides a veteran presence. He is a certain leader of the defense. Something. And we don't have any other linebackers. If we're going to let Joe Schobert walk, I mean, sometimes you have to make that decision or you're going to overpay for somebody because you absolutely you, you have to. We, can't, we might not yeah. be able to let him walk. I just can't. I have a hard time. And it's a multi-year commitment if you would sign Schobert. But I just have a hard time believing that Ten million plus for Schobert was too much, and they're willing to stomach almost ten million yeah. for Kirksey. Doesn't make any sense. Finished both of the last, and two I years get that it's IR. a different term for each of those that I'm talking about. But even like looking at 2020, it's really hard to believe that they're going to be okay with that. So, I think best case scenario is a restructure, and you knock a few million dollars off of that Christian Kirksey deal, guarantee him a little bit more, maybe give him an extra year, and. um then you've got a little bit of stability and some more flexibility. We're going to have to bring some veteran presence. Absolutely. In. There's no doubt in my well, mind. Well, because I wonder what they're thinking about Mac Wilson and Taki Taki and what role they can play. Because Mac had huge busted plays last year over and over and over. He showed a lot of promise, too. I mean, but- he got a bunch of reps, which is great. Like, I, you feel good about the fact that he was on the field. But the production you saw from him was nowhere near as consistent as it needs to be. Like, yeah. there was a couple splash plays, and, like, I think everyone had a great taste in their mouth um, from the preseason, and that bought him a lot of, like, flexibility from the fan base. But he wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, like, on the whole, he was just not very good. And Taki Taki, like, showed some physicality and got to play a little bit at the end of the year, but he's largely an unknown at this point. And do you know in free agency who is potentially going to be available at the linebacker position? Um, I'm looking up a little bit like Corey Littleton. Yeah. Possibly. Well, Corey Littleton is the top linebacker. Yeah. Like if they're going to spend big money, like he's going to get probably a bigger deal than almost guaranteed is going to get a bigger deal than Schobert. Mm-hmm. And then Schobert's the next in line. And I think those are the best ones. And then there's like Blake Martinez from Green Bay, who's probably not worth paying. He's kind of in that weird limbo where he's not even as good as Schobert. So it's like, is it really worth paying him any significant mm-hmm. money? He's probably only a two-down linebacker. But and so you got to go down the list free agency, and it's just yeah. So I don't even know. Uh, but that that spot just makes me nervous. And given that we have holes not just at linebacker, but at both of the safety positions. Um, we don't have a clear direction on who's going to be playing at safety. Like, there's just all these holes that have to get filled, um, and most of them being straight up the middle of our defense, um, because we need defensive tackles too. Um, it just it just has me nervous, and I'm sure there's a plan. Not knowing like what type of targets, you know, the front office might be looking at, it just makes me nervous sitting on this side of free agent. Another um, person in conversations about possibly allowing 
being let go or allowing to walk is Olivier Vernon. Um, Matthew, you are particularly worried about us cutting ties with Olivier. What have What have you heard about that? So I've, it's it's just been kind of a common theme among people prognosticating this offseason that we'll move on from Olivier Vernon. I mean, there's no doubt that he was hurt this season. The or last paying like, him what, a lot of money, six, seven, eight games, whatever it was. He's he's been injured the season before that. Um, but when he's been on the field, he's been super productive. And, and I know that being available is, is the best ability like in the NFL. You've got to be on the field. If you're not on the field, what are we paying you for? Um, he will be one of the highest, if not the highest paid player on the team next year. Going into next year. So I get that. I'm sympathetic. However, the NFL salary cap is going up. We have cap room. So the only other use of our cap space, if we're not retaining Olivier Vernon, is going out and signing a player at market rate or or above. And we're not going to get a player better when he's on the field than Olivier Vernon. And like the the rollover cap space is kind of a non-issue because of the projected cap increases for the next couple of years. It's it's going to be negligible. Like it, you you could do it, but it's not going to matter because the cap's just going to increase exponentially, essentially. So I don't understand the rationale of people who are saying get rid of Olivier Vernon because there's there's not a better replacement player. We don't have a player on the on the roster. There's not a player on the market that we could sign for who who will give us that level of production when he's on the field than Olivier Vernon. And there's there's not really a good argument for the the cap saving, whether we could use it this year or just roll it over to future year. So in my mind, if if we could extend Olivier Vernon at a more team friendly number, that would be great. But if not, just keep him and let it ride. Let's see what happens. At what point in Olivier's contract can't do you know? Can we cut ties? We could cut him this year and without have without too much dead. We could cut him this year with no no dead cap, no dead cap at all, and zero dead cap if we, if we would move on from Olivier this year. And this is the last year of his deal, so he's a free agent come twenty twenty one. But we're not adding anything, and it just seems like this. Andrew Barrett, like, if you look at it in isolation, yes, possibly, everyone's known that the Olivier Vernon deal is extremely high. That it's, it's not a very good deal for the team. But, and Actually, Andrew Barry might be looking at it in isolation, or, like, if you look at it in isolation, you think that it's not a good deal for the team. But... I actually don't think that's true. I think, like, it's within market range, like... Yannick Ngakwe is going to make well over $20 million. Well, and now it is. Now it is. But when it was originally signed, it was not. Sure. But like, we're only yeah. talking about this season and $15.5 million for a top tier defensive end is pretty solid. Like, if you, and if your window is now to compete, like, why would you not take that guy? Like, I love the flexibility we have in this. Like, you got him for one year. And it's not a long-term commitment. I think the only alternative is if they would do something like want to go after 
Arik Armstead or something like that. And so they drop, you know, Olivier Vernon. But then you sign Arik Armstead and he's like it, over $20 it, million dollars a year. Eric Armstead? Eric, Arik. It's not, it's oh, not it, Eric. It, no, it's not. It's Arik Armstead. Armstead. Oh, I've always heard it as Eric Armstead. It would be weird for Michael to make up Arik when his name is actually Eric. Well, we had this conversation <laughs> early before the pod started about me calling him Mecky Beckton, not. Well, I know that not that Mackay or whatever. It's definitely Mackay Beckton. Um, yeah. So it's so it's Eric Armstead. I think it's Arik. It, this was actually this same conversation happened almost verbatim on one of Mina Kimes' podcasts. Twitter, tell us what week. you think. Um, I'm. I'm pretty confident. Michael says Eric. It's... Matthew says, or no. Matthew says Eric. Michael says Arik. Yeah. At any rate, like that's the alternative. But then you're locked into like a longer term deal. I like the flexibility that we've got. It to me, it seems like you still got Miles Garrett on his rookie deal this season, and you've got a chance to bookend him with another like really talented player that's going to draw attention and is going to maximize this defensive line. And you take advantage of that while you can in this season. And then we get to move on and we can free things up if we want to, like after this year. Like, I, I see no downside in keeping Olivia Vernon. There's no doubt in my mind. Like, I want him to be on this team going forward. The biggest downside, and I guess people do point to this a decent bit, is his injury history. But there's question marks for guys, like, all over the place. I'm willing to take that risk. Like, I, when he's on the field, that guy is definitely a difference maker and makes is well worth the 15 and a half for me has anybody from the actual organization said anything about this about olivier vernon or anything like that or any is it mary has mary Kay said this they have so many people have alluded to it i think that she has in some of her things that like they they could or they no one has said definitively. It's all been speculation that they, or that they might. because to me it doesn't make any sense. It sounds like a situation where they're contemplating like redoing a deal. Like they like Olivier, but, so they're hearing bits and pieces. But you, I mean, you try to use all the leverage you got. Like you have to. Like it's going to be hard to renegotiate a lower deal for a better, a more team friendly deal. For Olivier, if you're not threatening to cut him, right? Yeah. Like, like you have no leverage. So, so at at some point, you have to, you have to be like, yeah, we might move on, but we'll we'll see. But they weren't. I don't, I don't see. I don't see how it makes sense, given given our team needs, given all sorts of things given the yeah, state of the, the salary cap sign? going forward. Then who the hell do you sign? Our we defense. don't have any defensive ends Chad at that Tom- point. Chad Thomas would be the, it's the next him man another up hole. at that point. Yeah. Like, particularly given the fact that they're not, I, I think it would make more sense to move on from him if we were deciding to pay Joe Schobert. Yeah. Like, we're making even more holes. Like, how do you, like, keep doing that? You gotta, you gotta shore up spots on that defense. You can't just, like, keep dropping dudes. It's just not... Yeah feasible anyway it does seem like we have a ton of holes safety linebacker interior defensive line um but the nfl draft is coming up it'll come up on april 23rd um the combine just happened that's pretty close actually yeah april 23rd a month and some change 
away. The combine just happened. And free agency before that. Ooh. Got fireworks. When coming. does free agency start? In just a couple weeks. It's yeah. like the end of March. That's exciting. Tom Brady coming to Nashville. <laughs> That's we live in Nashville for those of you that don't know, and there are definitely conversations about that happening due to the Mike Vrabel um connection and and such. It's uh, been happening before that. My my father in law told me told me weeks ago that he, Tom Brady was coming he to was Nashville. Like, I he's 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 like very much a baby boomer. He should not be on social media for a, for a number of reasons. Um, he told me weeks ago he was like, <laughs> I I saw on Facebook that Tom Brady was here looking at schools for his kids, and what, when that when that was like an internet room like rumor. Facebook, maybe, maybe it was right. Facebook. Who said this? Was it one of his friends that saw Tom Brady? He he. He doesn't discriminate. His news sources. There, there Love is, that. There Love is, that. There is no they're piece all, of information that is the, not credible. They're all equal and valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no piece. No parcel. <laughs> yeah. No, no parcel of news that is not credible. Love that. For, for that. Very matter. trusting man. Yeah. Absolutely. That's hilarious. So, yeah. No, I mean, people were talking Tom about Brady, it. Tom Brady. I mean, coming to Nashville. When you think about it, there's a couple of different. If they're not going to sign Ryan Tannehill. He wants a, his kids to go to NBA. He wants his kid, sure. Maybe he wants his kids to go to NBA. Great school, yeah. strong, yeah. all boys school. Well, well in the middle not, of not all of his kids, because yeah. I think he has a couple daughters. Yeah, well, they but... can go to Harpeth Hall across yeah. the street. <laughs> That's just fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense if they're if they're not going to sign Ryan Tannehill. Tennessee is in a position where they just went to the conference championship. They like could potentially make a run if Tom Brady's chasing championships. But like, who else? Like, he doesn't want to go to. I don't know, San Diego or LA, I guess now. Like, this is kind of. I think uh, he's going back to New England. He he probably is. Can can Tom Brady do what Ryan Tannehill did for the Titans? Like, like I feel like Ryan Tannehill was like a little bit dynamic for the Titans. Well, he could run. Like, like he moved outside the pocket and then just like chucked it. No, I'm pretty certain that Tom Brady can. I'm pretty certain Tom Brady, with Derrick Henry running the ball for him, and Derrick Henry actually being the workhorse of that offense, maybe, like the Titans have, maybe they but, run but through the Derrick same, Henry. Not the same that like the way Tannehill did it. No, but but Tom Brady like operates at a different level than without than, without, without any like, weapons at all. Of the without game any and, weapons like, at all, Tom Brady can do a lot. And with Derrick Henry, I think that Tom Brady could do a lot more. Were, were the, the Titans' weapons that much better than the Patriots' weapons yes. last year? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. AJ Brown was, is ridiculous. Derrick Henry is ridiculous. AJ Brown's ridiculous. Who, I think Corey Davis. I think Corey Davis is a lot better than people think. I just don't he, think he, he has. has I mean, he hasn't ever done anything because he's never had a quarterback. Mark drinking the Titans Kool Aid. I mean, I'm I'm out on Corey Davis being. Being, I mean, Marcus Mariota like can't throw the ball to the sidelines, like he can't throw an out route. But but you've got AJ Brown, and that's who's been throwing him the ball the entire time. You've got Humphreys. He's they've got Humphreys in the slot receiver who did phenomenal the year before with Tampa Bay. He's a great slot receiver. Is like Julian Edelman light. Yes, it would be it would be a great super super light like Mick Mick Ultra. No Mick Ultra. No, but not super light. I don't agree with you on that. No, he did poorly last year because. Because he, no one could get him the ball, and he yeah. didn't get a ton. But the year before that, whenever he's in Tampa Bay, 
he had like the most reception at the second top one or two in the league. It's the, the reception podcast. Let's I, stop talking about Tom Brady. I just don't think the skill positions are, are that drastic. I, I think the Titans probably have an advantage. It's not that drastic. I think they certainly I, have I am interested to see if, if it happens, what the, what the gap is there. Tom Brady, it would be super interesting to see him play. For the AFC team. South, they would run train. The tech, I don't think the Texans are that good. I don't think the Colts are that good. Like, I'd... what's the Colts draft Tua? They're gonna what? be rolling. <laughs> and then when, when Tua gets hurt and retires, free, free Colts, Tua man. gets hurt and retires early too. Right. We're <laughs> speaking of free agency. Speaking of free agency, like, what do you expect Andrew Barry to do? Just like in general, like not saying like what player do you want. Like, what are you expecting? Like, is he gonna spend money? Is he gonna like wait? for a later stage of free agency. Like I have no idea what to expect. I like, I, I, I don't, I'm very uncomfortable with this Browns like team right now. And I was just thinking about this a year ago was right around when Oda Beckham was traded. And it was like, there couldn't have been more optimism. The Browns had like finally put together a, a season that like garnered some optimism. I think it was March 13th. I saw the other day. I mean, so basically in the same time window is when the trade happened. I know exactly where I was, when I was. That was a year ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, think about the feeling you had about the Browns team last year at this time versus right now. And the team and the roster is not that different. That was the highlight of my year. year. Now that I'm thinking about it, that was the highlight of my year. That was a year ago. Like, I was installing hardwood floors in my new house and I just stopped. And I was like, to the pod. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. But like, how funny is that? That like the actual construction of the team is not drastically different from where we were a year ago when we were like over the moon about where things were headed. And I feel so uneasy about where things are at right now because there's all these question marks to come because there's a bunch of holes. I don't know what to expect with this like new front office. And I don't know if they're like, he says he's going to be aggressive, and I believe what he says, but in, we haven't seen it yet. In free agency or in? He says he's going to be aggressive in all as- aspects. Like, he said that about 10 times from in front of a microphone. So, you, you wonder how much of this, like, Andrew Barry was here with Sashi. They had a, yes. a five-year plan, an eight-year plan, a 10-year plan, whatever, whatever. I'm sure they had all of those plans. You wonder how much it got offset by the John Dorsey excursion, right? Or if Andrew Barry's coming in and being like, all right, now we're in year all five. All right, we're now in year five. Yeah. Well, and like, this is what, a, and maybe it took a little, like a couple loop to loops. And how much like, the Howie Roseman influence like comes into his thinking. Like I think. Yeah, and Howie Roseman's like fairly aggressive. Exactly. I in think a that, smart way. that whole aggressive nature is like, parroting what he saw and witnessed in Philadelphia. And so like, I don't, which I love, like I love Howie Roseman and how he approaches things on the Eagles side of things. But I, it's a big, it's just a big question mark. Like, and it makes me uncomfortable. I don't expect Andrew Barry to go out and sign a bunch of free agents. A la the Eagles when they signed Vince Young and whoever else was rest of the yeah. that year. That was like 12 years ago or something. I know. Maybe not that long ago, but at least 10. Yeah. Decade ago. The dream team. Yeah. The dream team. It was the same offseason that Jimmy Haslam bought the team. 
So whatever that was. So no, I, I don't. I, I, don't I don't expect that. I will probably sign one like fairly big name free agent. I would say like like second tier free agent um, in a position of need. At what position? Like safety. Safety linebacker is what I would expect. I, or I expect we sign a safety. I would expect I would we say sign safety, a safety linebacker, offensive tackle. Whoever, whoever the right person is, We've been we'll, rumored we'll to fit different... a veteran in at one of those positions. We'll then get like a third or fourth tier or a, a scatter shot, like a couple of transient folk, and then we'll fill in with the draft. Is my I expectation. Mean, I just really hope that he can get some good value from that like second and third tier of free. Like, that is so valuable to your team. Like, what the Bills did last offseason, like, the Bills signed all of these, like, lower, mid-tier free agents. They, like, signed all these extra offensive linemen and just got, like, great value and, like, solid production, like, across the board. Like, if you just, if you just raise the level of your, like, of your talent across the board without, like, having a, like, ridiculous expenditure, it is so valuable. Just that average level of competence, like across the board, versus just like shooting for the stars and going for the like top tier talent. Like, just raising the bar across the board is incredibly valuable. And I think really what the focus should be for the Browns team because you want to build the depth. We don't have the depth um, at so many positions right now, and we have some of the top tier talent that can carry us and bring us to games. But if we don't have the foundation that that's built upon, like we're going to get gouged. I mean, we need D-line depth. We need linebacker across the board. We need safeties across the board. Yeah. We need offensive tackles across the board. That's so many holes. That's a lot. That's so many holes to fill. We probably could use corner depth. I think we're, like, okay in corner, but we don't have, like, a clear nickel. We need a nickel. It's probably Murray, but he's a restricted free agent, right? He's a free agent. He's an unrestricted free agent. Unrestricted. I mean, we don't have a nickel. Um, I mean, we have three corners that are okay. We have Terrence Mitchell, we have Denzel Ward, and we have Greedy Williams. Um, those are three solid outside corners, but none of those guys are playing. playing there's, just, there's just a lot of holes, and... So do you, it just Michael, feels like there's a lot of like potential outcomes. Is and that it, what you expect Andrew Barry to do? Is to go sign a bunch of mid level free agents, or do you think he's going to do it, Matt? Um, I don't think he's going to sign a ton of like the huge, huge names free agents. There's really not that many. But if there's any position I think he's going to spend on, I do think it's probably safety. But the funny thing about that is is that I think that's the one position you can get away with not spending the top-tier dollar and getting really good production. Like, Trey Boston has made, like, $6 million a year on one-year deals for the last few years, and he's free again and is, like, would be such a value for this team. Like, a guy like that at safety is always available in free agency. And so I don't know that we should necessarily spend the big dollars there. It's why I thought we should definitely sign Joe Schobert. But it'll be interesting to see if they go after a guy like Corey Littleton or like 
what they end up doing at Lyme. I, I just don't know what to expect. Ugh. If I had to guess, I, I would guess they. Um, and then we're rumored to be have like all this interest in all these offensive linemen and the the tackles that are available. Even Jack Conklin, he's gonna get paid more than he's really worth. Like he's gonna get overpaid for his talent level. Like, but I that's think, but that's free agency in general. I know. But then you also take into account the increasing salary cap. Like, like there there are other mitigating factors that. It it becomes less painful than it than it seems on the on the front. You want to pay eighteen nineteen million dollars for Jack Conklin? Not me. No way. I mean, maybe. I'd love a tackle. Jack Conklin's been good. When he has not been hurt, he has been good, and he is twenty six years old. There there is a lot to be said about a really good offensive tackle who is 26 years old. See, but I don't think he's and really that good. that being I, the reason to pay for somebody. See, and I think he's just good. I don't think he's really good. It, I will pay him that much if he's like a top-tier Mitchell Schwartz type tackle, but he's not that in my, in my evaluation. He's it, 25 yeah. right now, maybe 26. Next season, uh, yeah, I'm not, no, I don't yeah. Know. If you, but you like, if you can get even, a, he's four years in the league, num number one pick. His production has been really good when he's been on the field, and like I've said before, ability or like availability is the best ability. Yeah. Like you've got to be on the field. He is the last two seasons. He's proved that he's been on the field. Um, I think that is the profile of a free agent tackle that is worth the top month is young has proved it i think the titans made a tremendous mistake not placing the fifth year option Mm. and i and i think they are kicking themselves at this point having not done that and that to me that is the, the the standard of all right the guy this guy to go get yep um. All right. Do we want to talk about the combine? Do we want to talk about what's going on in the combine, leading up to the draft? Talk about free agency. Right after free agency is the draft. Right now, the combine's going on. So, as uneasy as I am about like the off season with regards to free agency, I am like I don't think I've ever been more comfortable with what's going to happen with the draft. For so many years, I felt like the Browns needs and the draft talent available never matched up. Like the years that we were at the top of the draft, we never had top tier quarterbacks. 2007 was the only time that it felt like it like was perfect. You're talking about when we drafted Joe Thomas. Yeah. When Adrian Peterson and Calvin Johnson and like yeah. all these guys were like sitting up we, there. Was we like, knew it was everybody like, it who like was going to go, go wrong. one, two. And yeah. then we needed an offensive tackle and Joe Thomas was there. And it was, yeah. It was perfect. And there was some thought about taking, I think Adrian Peterson was still available. And, or no, he was taken right before us. I think he Calvin was after Johnson. us. Calvin Johnson went number two. Yeah, that so year. we could have taken Adrian Peterson. I think Peterson. Jamarcus Russell went one that he year. Did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wolf. But for, <laughs> I, I will say, I remember all the way back then, Matthew. Those, those are, Matthew full, those are three Hall chest. of Famers. 
three Hall of Famers and you took Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> but he could, like, from one knee, he could throw the ball 50 yards. It was crazy. So, but it is clear that the Browns' biggest need, probably, across the board is offensive tackle. And this draft has an overabundance of offensive tackle talent. Yeah, AJ like, Peterson went seven that year. Okay. <laughs> Offensive tackle talent like we haven't seen in a decade, at least. And there are four guys, and I am perfectly comfortable with the Browns taking any one of those four offensive tackles. And I have very little doubt in my mind that at least one of them will be available at 10. And I expect two, maybe three, to be available when the Browns pick. I mean, we're talking Mackay Becton from Louisville. We Mac- are talking- also known as Mackey. Matthew thought it was Mackie. Possibly, so, possibly Mackie back then. Matthew's been reading his name a whole lot and Honestly, assuming it was Mackie. <laughs> don't worry, Matthew. We can't know. The we idiot, can't know whether the it's Mackie or Mackie. Yeah. Never know. Um, never Tristan knows. Wirfs from Iowa. Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Oh, Tristan Wirfs, also known as Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> and Jedrick Wills from Alabama. And like the made up it's been so funny to see these four guys, like each have kind of taken their turn at the top spot, really like heading into, you know, throughout most of the season, it was Andrew Thomas and he's kind of tailed back a little bit. Then coming out of the season, it was clearly Jedrick Wills was the best offensive tackle. And then now after all the testing at the combine, everyone is ooing and aahing about Makai Becton and how huge he is and athletic he is, as well as Tristan Wirfs and all of his athletic testing. All of those guys look like extremely successful offensive tackles. The question to me is, which one fits our system better than the rest of them? And is I there any know. way we can get two? <laughs> could, could we draft one and then trade up and we're grab gonna, another one? Andrew Barry said we're going to be aggressive. But honestly, even that next tier of tackles... That'd be dope. That would be very aggressive. <laughs> even the next tier of tackles, like the Josh Jones from Houston or the Lucas Niang from TCU. Like, some of these guys look, like, really solid. And, like, Ezra Cleveland yeah. from Boise State. Solid, like, prospects. Yeah, like, you don't for know a second be, tackle yeah. that you can, like, throw in there and kind of sit behind somebody else for a little bit. Like, really good option. So I would not hate if we went tackle at 10 and tackle at 41 if one of those guys they like and he's sitting there. Well, I mean, what what is our other rookie position of need? I mean, we linebacker go, safety. We, we go safety. The linebackers just aren't there. I mean, there's the the kid from there's a kid from LSU. Oh, Patrick Queen. Yeah, Patrick Queen. He's in there. Who who else are like the the top end linebackers in this class? Oh, he's he's considered. He's it. Right. There's not I a mean, ton of top end linebackers. So you're not going to get a linebacker. Really, or at least a middle linebacker. You can get like a rush linebacker. Linebacker edge. makes more sense in one of our two third round picks. Really. Sure. Um, safety, you might get a guy who dropped. I mean, you could get. There's a handful of guys. It just depends on who you like. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be some. It's positional safeties. fit, and whether you want a free safety or a strong safety, like in the box, or somebody who's going to play in coverage. Um, it it might make sense to go double offensive tackle, which. Did not work out for the Bengals a couple years back. No, not Six at years all. back. But I don't was, think either one of those picks. players on their team. Even. I don't think so. Oh, that, that really 
rough. Um, but what happens when you don't pay scout. But normally sitting at a spot where we're at in the first round at 10, I'm so nervous about how things are going to play out in front of us that I'm just sitting at this point wondering like how it's going to play out. And assuming because we're the Browns that it's just going to work out very yeah. poorly. But for once, I'm like perfectly comfortable yeah. because I'm... Part of me couldn't care less who everybody else picked. It's like... I know that so many... It's it, not a bunch of offensive tackles. There's going to be, be many quarterbacks taken before the Browns. Like, I know Bengals, for a fact certainty. that Burrow and Tua are going to be taken I think there'll the be three quarterbacks taken before the Browns. I think it could easily be four. I think Justin Herbert and, and Love could all go in the top ten, and it wouldn't shock me at all if that happened. And that's going to just drop more of these offensive tackles back. There's other top talent. like To who, um, to who then? That's the question. To which team? Bengals, Chargers, Dolphins. Dolphins. That's and teams coming up. So there there's going to be a bunch teams of teams that up. are going to get, get trade up. Buccaneers, right? So the Bucks, the Bucks could there. trade up. The Colts Bucks. could trade up. There's yeah. a whole bunch of teams that need. The Patriots could trade up. Yep. The Patriots, like the Titans, could trade up. Like who knows? Well, the Titans have Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, <Duh>. but. <laughs> The number of Everybody question marks at quarterback. Didn't you are see that on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Titans are trading up its effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it will be interesting, but regardless, there's going to be a really top tier tackle at ten, and that makes me very happy. Who is it that you want the most? If like, do you, like, do you even trust yourself to make that judgment at this point, or I would feel. Man, it's hard. I do feel much more confident knowing that Bill Callahan is our offensive line coach. So I feel like some of the guys that might need a little more refinement are going to be in great hands if we take them. Whereas I don't know if I always would have felt the same way in the past. If we're running a wide zone scheme, which everyone assumes we're going to, you want somebody athletic. I think Tristan Wirfs is like the highest upside player like could definitely max things out so i think i'm inclined to say tristan werps is the one that i want the most and i think it's fairly likely that he'll be there at 10. Mm. i think a safer bet might be andrew thomas that's a, that's a strong name Ooh. so i would say i think tristan werps and jedrick wills are like the 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 top two most, but I mean it's it's a complete debate because Mackey Beck or Mackay Beckton, sorry, um, <laughs> told is, you is the most athletic, like the the physical freak of the whole the whole group, and like if that all comes together, like that becomes the the whole the whole package, you know, right? Um, Tristan Warps is kind of that that like interesting mix where there was. The, the high level college football, the production, like the, right. the, the hype and the, the testing. Um, Andrew Thomas is just more the traditional, right. safe, very safe. But the there's thing some people that who are. I, that has thrown a wrench in this is the like type of zone blocking scheme that we like are going Correct. to run. And so I don't, I'm not well versed enough to know what skills are the most important. I do know that we want to have some athleticism. You want to be able to move outside. You want to have that. All of these guys have that 
to a significant degree. But I don't know who is the best suited. It seems like Werfs based on like all of his testing. Um, but it's clear that he it isn't the technician that you would want. And what we've seen from like Joe Thomas for for years and years and years. Joe Thomas won. He's definitely super athletic, but like he but was he, well positioned and like had better technique than anybody else yeah. in the game. And, and and would be fine in a in a wide zone blocking scheme, but he was. It wouldn't be a great fit. Yeah. Well, with Shanahan, like yeah. he ran that with Shanahan, and yeah. actually talks about it all the time. How much he that was his favorite offensive yeah. system. So, at any rate, I, I think we would probably be in great shape with any one of those four. Be perfectly up. Any one of those four could work for sure. Like you're, you're not. Yeah. You're not compromising on. The thing that's going to be interesting is if there's a few of them available and maybe the guy that's their top one is already gone and they decide to trade back. It's going to make me super nervous, but it could end up reaping some significant rewards. Well, with some of those quarterbacks and some of those teams behind us who are interested in quarterbacks, it could be interesting. I mean, if you go back to 13, 14 for the, the Colts or Bucks or whoever's sitting there. Yeah. And, oh, you know, one of them's going to be a quarterback. You know, where a couple other players are pick gonna up fall. a third round pick or something like that to move back just a handful of spots. It would yeah. be a beautiful thing. And there's also intriguing players who are, are not defensive tackles or offensive tackles or quarterbacks. If you, you feel okay about it, but uh, what do you think about us not taking an offensive tackle in the, in the first round? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that, whether it's, Isaiah Simmons. I've even seen some people talking about Derek Brown from Auburn, defensive tackle. Which, look, I I would love a, a like dominant interior defensive lineman. Like that that's sexy as hell. But we just need offensive tackle, and it just feels like it fits too well to to go to any other position. I can't convince myself there's another player that'll be available. Even Isaiah Simmons. I know that there's some pl- some people that like want Isaiah Simmons. He's the one that I'd probably be closest to like being okay with. I think it's really unlikely he's going to be available at 10 anyways. Stay at 10. If he is, I guess I would be okay if they take him, but my preference would still be. What about you, Mark? What do you feel about going away from offensive tackle in the first round versus Picking, picking some other player. I think we absolutely need offensive tackle worse than any other position on our team because we have zero, and um, Baker needs to be protected. And so I, I want to sure that up. I think that's if you have a top ten pick in the draft, which you shouldn't have often, and you really need a left tackle and a right tackle. I think you have to pick, especially in a tackle heavy class, you got to pick a tackle. Yeah, I mean, like it's just like too much for it's just like you can't. This class. Uh, like, and it's also, but I am nervous that everyone and their mother knows that the Browns need a tackle. Like, and it's like no secret. Like, if somebody like why, really wants why somebody, does that they hurt could, us? They could trade ahead of us, and it's just like we're an easy target. Like, there's no doubt that that's like who we're going after. And so like, that that do. would be really bad if there was like what two offense. Yeah, like who were who were talking, but we're talking about four potentially, and maybe the Browns only like two of them. That's right. Maybe the Browns only That's like right. two of them. 
But in an ideal world, they keep that close to the chest, and there is a universe where there's four potential picks, right? And so you 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 prevent your opponents from being able to kind of make that strategic play in front of you because they don't know who you like. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I I tend to agree. I would be shocked if it's anything but an offensive tackle, given just how everything's aligned. I don't picture Andrew Barry as the type who's going to reach for anything. He he is going to take the 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 best option available. But in this situation, given the talent that is there for selection, it's going to be an offensive tackle. That makes most. What else do we got? Nothing. And um, free agency is coming soon. Next podcast, we're going to have to talk about free agency. Like, hope to do a podcast right before the dawn of free agency. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Wish list together. All righty. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we put out a whopping tweet a week. And uh, <laughs> we would love for you to like that tweet. Um, smash that like button. We would love to see you on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, go Browns. Go Browns.